Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. here on the sports complex on a wednesday afternoon national signing day we'll talk a little bit more recap some of the signing day news i've not seen any other signings coming i have not Whether seen transfer i have not, I have seen not seen seen hit my timeline uh, so we don't know if someone else does make sure to hit us up on the text line if you've got a better twitter follow than me for this kind of news <laughs> let me know we're gonna get in to some nfl our power rankings another coach is on the hot seat and uh we, we, we got a follow-up on our story yesterday uh we got a follow-up about uh, Tommy DeVito. Oh, the Italian his, stallion. The Italian and uh, his nefarious actions to thwart a small business. Him and his Italian <laughs> sports, American Hall of Famer agent. I know, I can't put I don't know what order those words are. I don't know the either. order is. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the right words. Give me the acronym right now. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's a cuss word. I don't know. Uh, we, but we're going to get to all that and, of course, more of your text messages. Keep sending in the text messages. Uh, big fat poll of the day today is which freshman is going to have the biggest impact in the Sugar Bowl and also... Uh, if you want to text in, if you have any solutions or ideas, right, we were talking about Chip Kelly and his his ideas uh, for the future of college football. Send those in as well. Uh, and if you got a college, NFL power rankings, we're going to get to those in just a minute. So Ooh, I like in, that. I want to see y'all's power rankings. Yeah, you can send your power rankings. Jacob's going to be mad if Dallas isn't first. No, if they're not all five. All five he wants Give in us there. the top five, and they better all be Dallas or it's wrong. Or it's wrong. Uh, if you missed signing day, uh, we were talking about in signing day earlier, uh, there's been one flip away from Texas. Aaron Hampton, the four-star athlete, uh, flipped to Alabama from Texas. That is the one negative that we've got today. Uh, from Texas to Alabama. From Texas to Alabama, yes. Yeah. Uh, he goes there, but the news that Ryan Wingo, all of the talk earlier today that Ryan Wingo may leave. And there was and a lot. A lot of talk that Nebraska was going for him hard, that, uh, that Missouri, where he had originally committed, was coming back after him. They wanted him to come back to Missouri. Uh, a lot of, I guess, family and people were coming after him as well to stay yeah. in Missouri. He says no. He's still coming to Texas. Ryan Wingo, the five-star wide receiver, is coming to uh, Texas. They also get Brandon Baker to sign today, a five-star offensive tackle. The five-star plus edge, Colin Simmons, that a lot of people thought may make a change. He signs with Texas today. They also get four-star uh, defensive tackle, DeAndre Robinson, Four-star tight end Jordan Washington. Uh, four-star Xavier Filsimi signs as well. Uh, four-star Jared, uh, running back Jared Gibson. Four-star quarterback Kobe Black. Four-star athlete Wardell Mack. Four-star quarterback Trey Owens. And four-star edge Zena uh, Omizulu, uh, who is – but then there's – and then there's a plethora of three-stars – as well, they've got a really good recruiting class coming in for Texas. A couple other names to look out for. People that did not sign today. Pushing it out to February. That Texas may be looking at. Uh, a couple of five-star defensive linemen and Dominic McKinley uh, and LJ McCray. Dominic McKinley is committed to A&M right now, but possibly. Right. He's looking around. Maybe. He may not. He may change. He may stay, but he is going to sign in February. LJ McCray, Florida commit. A lot of transition in Florida right now. Uh, so he is saying he's going to sign in February. And Dylan Evans uh, was one that I believe said today that Texas was always his dream school. Hey. But he is committed to A&M. But he has said that Texas is a dream school. So people are saying, well, maybe, maybe Texas will go up to him as well. I'll take it. So all people to look at there. They also get uh, Matthew Golden and uh, Makubu both signed today uh, as transfers. Tampering. We still not heard anything about Trey Moore. 
Trey Moore is the edge from San Ant- uh, UTSA. I really thought he was going to do it during the game. We thought he was going to do it during the game. No, we did not think that. Really? Uh, but he is still projected to come to Texas, but we have not heard anything on him. So until we do, we can't. It's all speculation. Uh, but we have all that. Uh, if you find anybody else, make sure to send it on the text line. We're going to get to the text line in just a second. Actually, why don't we go there right now? 512-447-3776. Arborhorn81 says the obvious answer will be C.J. Baxter. Of course, he's going to be our starting running back. And we know we talked about it uh, the other day about how – you know, porous the running game was for Texas in the Alamo Bowl last year. They oh, he's 50, definitely got something to prove. 51 rushing yards last year for Texas in the game. There is some issues so with the running last year, so they're going to try and fix that. C.J. Baxter is going to want to come out there and show what he can do uh, because he's going to handle the ball more than any other freshman, but I'm hoping the freshman player that has the biggest impact on the game will be linebacker Anthony Hill. Have you seen this guy play? I have. Once or twice. He is getting better yeah. and better each week and is just playing nasty. The kind of linebacker Texas has needed for some time. Arborhorn 81 there. Uh, and I think basically the, what you see with Anthony Hills, you see a lot of things that Demo did, uh, DeMarvion Obershawn did last year, but he's doing them as a freshman where DeMarvion, it took him a lot longer to evolve into that player yeah. uh, and be able to rush and be able to stand back. And he's showing some things that DeMarvion doesn't do. Is you know, So he's not fully a DeMarvion Obershawn, but he's, he's filming his own pads as Anthony Hill does some of the things Fix that why he's also number zero. And he is violent. Yes. Violent at the point of attack. So to see him and what he can do, this just being his freshman year, you want to see him do well because he is somebody that can really make the game difficult for a guy like Michael Pennings Jr. if he's playing his A game. Yeah. Uh, Scarlett says, we kind of need that entire freshman class to ball out. All of them have to impact this game. We need Manny and Derek looking those receivers down. Locking those receivers down. We need uh, Hill to wreak, wreak havoc. We need Baxter to grinding out those yards. We need all of them, uh, and I'm good with that because they're all extremely talented. We, we, do. we do. You do need all of them to show up. I agree with that, Scarlett. You do need everybody to show up there and, and play a big game. Uh, texter Eric in Cedar Park says, Anthony Hill by far. A lot of people want to see Anthony Hill come out and make that difference on the defense. Uh, I feel Penix has played questionable under pressure this year. Therefore, game plan should be put Anthony Hill in prime position to be the most impactful freshman. I like that. I, I, I said Ethan Burke as well in that game. That if he's able to come out, he is the sack leader for Texas this season. Uh, if Ethan Burke has a big game pressuring and being able to get on the outside, and really you want to see Colin Johnson, their running back, get. I'm sorry, Dylan Johnson, uh, their running back. You want to see him get stopped. He tries to go out in the middle a lot. So if Tavondre and Byron Murphy can kind of stop up that middle and bring pressure up the middle and stop the run that way and let the edge rushers come in, let Anthony Hill come in. And Michael Penix Jr. has to throw. You can drop more guys back in coverage. It all kind of works together. And I'm telling you, Dylan Johnson is the secret catalyst to that Washington offense. It is a big piece of it. I mean, they're going to be able to throw the ball. We've seen other teams do it against Texas. Uh, But But on the flip of that, if you take them and make them completely one-dimensional, it makes it a lot harder. Uh, Right guy from New Mexico. Well, I would hope the Pelicans would have good wings. Solid dad joke, right guy. Solid dad joke. I think just out of pure volume, Cedric Baxter will have the biggest impact as a freshman. I like that. Going uh, with the numbers, law of averages. <laughs> back when I played high school football in the early 2000s, I think I could count one hand the number of concussions. I remember actually being counted. It wasn't until in college that I realized getting your bell uh, rung was uh, most likely a minor concussion. The only concussions we counted were ones where people couldn't remember where they were, were basically. Yeah. No, no, believe me. I, I did not know why my head used to hurt when I played for when in sixth grade. And I was like, I hate this so much. <laughs> It was like, oh, because you just kept getting concussed because you weren't taught right technique. Y'all didn't have young. strict concussion protocols? No. we. I just remember we'd line up and they put a two-by-four down. We'd run at each other. Oh. And then you would wake up on the, fl- on the ground. 
Oh. And they'd be like, back of the line. And you wow. go, okay. That's an interesting drill. What 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 was that drill working on? Exactly. <laughs> what was that drill working yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Patrick not remembering things when was he was. that just a toughness <laughs> drill? What are we doing today, coach? We're doing toughness. <laughs> it, was, it was, hey, all the kids we don't like on one side and the kids we like on the other. Oh, and the kids you like were the ones holding the two by four? No, they were the ones that knew how to tackle. <laughs> uh, Freak Nasty ATX says Jared Elliott after getting the Nebraska transfer and shows uh, nice gift there from Freak Nasty. That's right. Getting oh, that transfer. How do you think he felt? And he because he probably knew about it afterwards, right after the national title game. Jared Elliott, he probably had an idea. Oh, I think I think both coaches knew. Yeah, I think that was what was salty about it. And so he had that little half smirk during his press when conference. he was texting her yeah. like, "Hey, when we this national championship tonight, do you want a ring?" And she goes, "I'm getting one." Ooh. <laughs> uh, uh, Chief Engineer Toastery is a breakfast place. He says it's a breakfast. Oh, so it is an establishment. It's an establishment. They must have a ton of money. I, I've never been. I've never even seen one. I no, I didn't know. I, I look and if. Hats off to them for being the blandest place in the world. I thought Cracker Barrel was the whitest place in the world, but apparently when you're like, we're going to name ourselves after toast. I just, I, I like to envision it more as a place where you go to have your bread toasted. I to, no, to yeah, me, I, is, I like, I think it's a place where they come in and they go, you like flavor? Go next door. To me, it's we're like, the toastery. It's like one of those digital libraries where you go in and they just have computers set up, except it's just toasters and there's no <laughs> entry. You just walk in and it's like, hey, we have toasters available for everybody. If you need to toast your you bread a toaster, or your bagel. You need a toaster. You I gotta, know sometimes your toaster goes out at home. You, you got to bring toast. it. You can toast bread for the whole week. <laughs> Get out of the way. Get your toasted done. Hold we got on. a vacuum sealer in the back. We got, we got a twenty. We got a twenty twenty slice toaster. You can do it all at once. <laughs> where, where were that ready? Uh, the best uh, freshman playing Anthony Hill or Colton Vosick. I don't know if Vosick's going to get too much time in this game. Not sure, but I would. That would be cool. That'd be cool. I, I think the other Westlake uh, edge, Ethan Burke, might be more important in the no, game. I think but. he might have a little bit bigger impact. And I uh, love that uh, that Curtis Blow taking it back old school. If you can't head to pop your head to that beat, uh, that is not weird. Al. that was not weird. Al. no, that was uh, that was actually Randy Bachman from Bachman Turner. Yeah, overtime. no, he realizes it later on in the text thread because yeah. he he hears you talking about it. And I saw him chime in, and he's like, "Oh, that's not weird." Al. that is not weird. Al. no, that is that was Ra- that's what makes it so annoying. And also, if it was weird. Al, I'd be disappointed because Why? because it's not good enough to be a weird Al song, right? Okay, because it's a very lazy attempt by Randy Bachman to to make a few bucks. <laughs> Just celebrating Christmas. Hey, do you know taking care of business? Yeah, do you know this? And I will change it. And uh, everyone knows what's coming, but they're still going to be mad about it. <laughs> and uh, tip on Extreme Heat, I think they're coming and they're playing in Saxon Pub in January. I think I saw that on one of their posts. Uh, but yeah, no, so Extreme Heat, if you like uh, Tower, of, uh, Tower of Power or something like that, check out Extreme Heat. They've been around in town for a long time. Awesome band. Great name. Uh, now, and it says, not a Cowboys fan or hater. They got destroyed by running, uh, by running the ball. Uh, can Dan Quinn switch to a 46 defense? I don't think so. I don't think they have the players. They need interior line help in next year's draft. They tried to draft this year with Mozzie Smith. They re-signed Tyler Hankins. They tried to get help, and Hankins got hurt, and Mozzie Smith has not been the guy yet. And DeMarvion Overshone, Agent Zero. Yeah, and so they are. Uh, you know, they tried to bring in some guys. It is not uh, working. You can drink at Cracker Barrel now. Really? Interesting. I was not aware of that. Uh, Never Joseph's freshman impact. We'd love to see Ethan Burke go all psycho on the cross on Penix. Ethan Burke is not a freshman. Uh, Colton Vosick is the freshman from Westlake. Right. Uh, not sure he's going to play a ton. Ethan Burke is older, but I think he's going to have. He was one of my X Factor players. When we were talking about X Factors yesterday, Ethan Burke was one of those. Would be pretty cool. Would be very cool. I do want to get into some uh, power rankings here for the NFL because I want to know 
Jacob, where your head is at. We're going to do them one at a time. We can do them one at a time. You want to okay. start at five or one? Let's we'll start, start at five. We'll start at five. Actually, you want to start? I'll start at one because I know we're going to go with, we'd I, have the same one. Right. It's not the Cowboys. Dang it. All right, start at five. <laughs> we're going to start at one. Uh, our one is both this, the 49ers, right? Yeah, it's the San Francisco. You have to go 49ers. They're still playing the best basketball, all right, best football out there. So that's where I put them. Number two. I have the Baltimore Ravens. I also have the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens looking good. They just took out the Jags completely. Well, Look, and they get a chance to play each other this weekend. They get they get to go in there. It is going to be, they right now are the team that you look at and say, as of right now, you look like you're going to be in the Super Bowl. Yep. And if I were to pick the Super Bowl NFC AFC, that's one and two for me. Oh, yeah. That's 49ers and Ravens right now. Now anything can happen. Now we get a number three. Yep. Who's your number three? Dallas. You saw Dallas there. I've moved Dallas down to my number four. Okay. Uh, I had the Miami Dolphins actually ahead of them. Really? I moved the Miami Dolphins up there. I think the Miami Dolphins are a good team that has shown that they have some ability. They've not shown any points this season, but I have more faith in them to continue to grow as a younger team and a plan. And now we say Tyreek Hill is not healthy for the rest of the season. They fall off that. Okay. But I think Tyreek Hill comes back. They were able to do well enough without Tyreek Hill. You know, with the first time they lost him, they've, they game planned around it a little bit less, a little bit more last week. We I have not seen if he's playing against the Cowboys or not. Uh, they said he, he's pushing towards a start. So, yeah. But if we see him come back, then I put them ahead of the Cowboys right now because of the weapons they have and because of how they've shown they can use them. So does this weekend do anything for you? It does. Okay. Because Cowboys can because if the Cowboys respond this week and yeah. they go and shut down a team that can is going to try and run on them, is going to try and do things, if they can shut that down. But they were on that West Coast run, man. They're trying to hit the outside edge and hit a cutback. I know. Well, we'll see. All right. Uh, it's your number four then. So I have three Dolphins, four is Cowboys. Number four for me is Detroit. You have Detroit coming in at number four. I think Detroit woke back up last week, and I think that team is ready to roll late into the season here. I think Detroit's going to be good. That was one of those games, though, where we knew there was no run defense on the other side. They do have two really good running backs. You kind of knew what they were going to be able to do. Jared Goff had a good game, too. Uh, but I don't. I'm not going to put everything on that because I haven't seen them consistently put it together. And at least everybody else on this list, I've seen put together things consistently throughout the season. And Detroit feels like that team that could lose in the first playoff game really easily still to me. Even though they're playing well, they just don't ever seem like they've really figured it out. Will you make sure to record that bit for me so that I can splice it together? You saying Dallas is both in your power rankings and this is a group of teams you've seen consistently put everything together. <laughs> Will you please grab that hey, for me? Dallas consistently beats bad teams at home. Oh, I know. I'm just making sure. I'm just glad you have finally come around to that it. That Dallas consistently beats bad teams at home. Oh, I didn't catch that part. Yeah, Dang I, it. I'm going to just Dang cut it. what you said. I know. Ugh. All right, never mind. Don't save that. Go ahead, go ahead and dump it. Number five. Yeah, number five is Miami for me. Okay, so you have Miami in there. I'm going to put number five. So it's an oddball team, but they're playing really good football right now. Don't do it. Cleveland Browns. Oh, okay. I'm actually okay with that. Cleveland Browns are my number five right now. I think Detroit's in there, but I th- if you just look at Cleveland and you say, man, if they figure out you know, a little even more on that offense, that offense continues to grow. That defense is so good. Can Joe do it? Can Joe Flacco make that run? Can you keep figuring out how to make that offense work and that defense keep going? And that team, they say defense travels and defense works in the playoffs Definitely and all does. that. And there, there's not a better – I mean, the 49ers have a really good defense. The 49ers may be – you know, that may be too much. But every other team, Ravens, they're a better defense than the Ravens. The Ravens have a good defense. Right? Browns are better. Cleveland has been the number one defense all year. And so I'd say the 49ers are competitive with them. Uh, but they're, that's the only other team. 
Okay, I thought you were going to move Buffalo up there. I've seen that a lot on TV. No, this no, week. no. no. They, I'm not giving them. I'm not giving them one week. I'm not going to say in one week they fix our bottle. I mean, no, still... I think because I trust the Browns more to stop the Bills. Right, and the Bills have also lost to the Jags and the Eagles, and yeah, yeah. And, I, and I trust Joe Flacco to not throw four picks. Can't say the same about Josh Allen. Damn, Joe Flacco's got two million reasons to go make a Super Bowl run, too. Have you heard about that incentive list for oh, his contract? Not, I, I don't think you know, he's got a lot of reasons. So he's got stair steps to his contract, and it's like $1.5 million for the playoff wins and then $2 million for the I Super mean, Bowl. I mean, Joe Flacco has his legacy. I know. But Joe Flacco's legacy now, where he'd be like, you wait, two defensive dominant teams. They're built completely built around defense. 100%. But two Super Bowl wins? Dude, no. Joe Flacco only has one. No, no, but if he wins this year. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the same kind of setup, right? That's what I'm saying. In two different teams and years after everybody thought you were gone and and you were a throwaway and you weren't even in the league. And who was his offensive weapon? He had Torrey Smith, Jacoby Jones. I'm telling you, it's a a crazy story. (laughs) It's very unlikely to happen, but it's a crazy story to look at for him. I think the $2 million, yeah, sure, that's great. However. I love that incentive. That is a story, though. The story where he gets to go and be like, name another quarterback who is – just thought of as such a waste of space as me with two rings with two different teams like 10 years apart. Nick Foles, if he ever finds another place to come fill <laughs> That's in. That's my point. Yeah. If he does it. That's the thing. Nobody does it. Yeah, big uh, Richard Nick. <laughs> uh, and then uh, another story real quick uh, that the Jets have activated Aaron Rodgers. This is cool. I like this. He's not going to play this season. They have been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers not coming back. He said it uh, the other day. So it was odd that we saw all that, that he said he's not coming back, and then they activated him. But they did. They basically said, hey, we're already looking at next year. Yep. So we want him to come back and start practicing. And if he's on the IR, we can't have a practice. We don't care about a 53-man roster. We're out of the playoffs. They're trying to preserve their roster. They don't want anybody getting antsy. So they want people yeah. to get excited, go play with them. You know, they're going to put... They're going to put five bubbles around him. And if you get near, if you breathe on Aaron Rodgers in practice. Oh, dude, Aaron's going to be on his own. Field. Wind sprints. Wind sprints. Wind sprints. Wind sprints. Directed by Aaron. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, an interesting thing uh, seeing him put on there. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get back to the text line. I also want to talk about the coach on the hot seat. Yep. Because I think it's interesting, and Texas fans care about this too. It's an interesting one. I think it's more of a no brainer than other people do. Me too. But. Uh, We'll get into that. We'll also talk about Tommy DeVito doing the right thing. He's a sweet boy. You know, do the right thing about Italian pizza shop owner. Spike Lee was not involved in this, though. Really? As far as I know. He should have been. You think so? (laughs) I don't know if he's a Giants fan. Maybe just a Knicks fan. Oh, okay. I don't know. Uh, We're going to get to all that and your text message, 512-447-3776. We come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 109, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Yeah. 
back on the sports complex here on the horn. Uh, solid song. Christmas with the devil. Should be on everybody's Christmas playlist. Who's it by again? This is by Spinal Tap. It sounds like Tenacious D. It's well, Spinal Tap is before. I mean, like if you ever watched Spinal Tap, no, you should. It's an amazing movie. Okay, uh, but it's basically it's three comedians. That, oh, okay. that pretend to be a band. I was gonna say because it seems like a Tenacious D song, and he kind of sounds like the the brother. So this is Michael McKeon. If you ever uh, if you ever watch Better Call Saul, yes, uh, the, the I guess the dad. Better call Saul the guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. That's Back him. Is as uh, is oh, I can't remember his name now, but they all had characters, and it's uh, and they yeah, it's a great movie where they all play uh, rockers that come to England, and then it's it kind I'm of check them. it out. It's a, it's one of my all time favorite movies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they had they had a couple albums that came out, and they put Christmas on with the devil on there is a all time classic Christmas song. That's fantastic. I it, was I was almost certain it was Tenacious D when they started singing. It's a similar, but yeah, it was a it's a hard rock band. They have the great line. Uh, they had the black album where it could be no blacker, but you couldn't read anything on it. It was just all playing. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many great lines from that movie, and yes. and when you tour with a band and you'll have your Spinal Tap moments. That's such a great concept. It's so it's good. So- yeah, it's basically they they basically collab, like took all these stories from the road and all this stuff and kind of made it into one movie. It's great. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, Rob Reiner's directing it and he's like hosting. It's, it's supposed to be like it's a mockumentary. Yeah, sure. But it's really good stuff. It's good stuff. I'll be checking that out. You got it. That's good. Uh, <laughs> I did want to get in to uh, some coaches. Uh, text lines open, 512-447-3776. See, Chief Engineer knows. He knows. Uh, <laughs> Chief Engineer always knows. Uh, we'll get into uh, a little story. The first story I want to get into uh, came out today, and it's been coming out more after the weekend after the Panthers beat the Falcons Ugh. when no one was at Carolina, which I was laughing at Chris Berman in the fastest three minutes on Monday night when, you know, and he, they cut to like a tight shot of like 12 fans at Carolina. He's like, it's raining and the team's bad, but the fans still showed up. And I'm like, Chris, pan out, pan Chris. out, Chris, pan, pan out. Lowest, there's, there's no one there. Lowest attendance in any NFL game except for the COVID year. Yeah. So that <laughs> is, that is what Chris Berman reported. <laughs> I also like how they've moved it from two minutes to three minutes. They got to give Chris a little bit more time to get through that. Yeah. No, but it was uh, – <laughs> so they go – but that was uh, – so they lose that game. Uh, and so Arthur Smith now is being listed on the hot seat. Uh, it was a super hot coaching prospect come out of Tennessee uh, with that Derrick Henry run offense and, and just running the ball. Came to t- uh, the Falcons, did okay with them without really a lot of talent. And they kept trying to build. They drafted. They don't – ever really seem to get there. People thought this might be the year as the NFC South is really down and maybe they can get some pieces. They draft B. John Robinson. You say, man, you are the running back coach. You're the guy who runs a ball, and we just gave you the best running back in the class. Here we go. Taking number one in most fantasy drafts overall because that's the combination was just too good. It to was be- too good. Yeah. So first off, let's say Arthur Smith's 20 and, 20 and 28 as a head coach of the Falcons. Now you know Ouch. there has to be a re- rebuild period, but you're not expecting the rebuild to continue into year three. Right. The biggest problem I have with Arthur Smith is that he does not play the picks. That Kyle Pitts is not being used the way Kyle Pitts needs to be used. You drafted a tight end too early. You went for him and you said, this is going to be our guy, and you don't use him. You drafted B. John Robinson early. I won't say too early, but you drafted him early. If people say don't draft running backs early, you drafted him early, and you won't use him. Yep. You cannot say we're pieces away and then not use the pieces that you get. So if you don't want to fire Arthur Smith, you have to fire your general manager, right? 
No, because the picks were spot on. The picks were right. You no, but you have pieces. to you have to say, well, clearly you're not building the same team. Like you guys aren't having a conversation before this draft. Oh, something has to change. Yeah, something has to change. Right. Uh, so I don't know how you continue on. Now there is a factor in the Arthur Smith where I do think the guy's not a bad coach, but I do think he's being stubborn. I think he's young, and I think probably him losing a job would not be the worst thing for him to realize he has to progress in his coaching. Okay. And because Arthur Smith, to me right now, is someone who coaches the way he wants to coach. And not coach to the talent he has, I, and and that to me is annoying. And some guys can win that way. Bill Belichick has won that way for a long time. That he coaches and he says, "This is how I run my defense. It's how I want to run my defense, and I'll find the guys to fit into that. And if you don't fit it, cool, Malcolm Butler, you're not playing." Well, maybe because the, a lot of that winning came with the no, greatest QB I, I, of I all get time. It, but on I'm his saying, roster. but his defense, we we can admit, Bill Belichick had some of the best defenses going. Sure. So I'm just saying defensively. Okay. Uh, and for Arthur Smith, I expect it offensively. I don't, I'm not counting him on the defense. The defense did hold Carolina nine points. You think, just couldn't score. I think they were top six all year, the, their defense. That's what I'm saying. So the defense yeah. isn't the problem. Right. It's the offense, and you're an offensive coach. And you're not using the, the pieces that we gave you. Now, the scapegoat everyone's going for is, De- is Desmond Ritter. Now, he doesn't have a quarterback. I agree with that. And we all agree with that. However, again, this goes back to the coach and the general manager. Then fire one of them. Because that decision came from one of you. Because now twice in two drafts, you didn't draft anybody. You went ahead and said, we're going to try and find somebody else. We're not going to go get another quarterback in the fourth, fifth, sixth round and bring up another option. We're going to bring in Heineke, who we're not going to trust. We're not really going to try and find, because we want the perfect guy. But you're not going to get the perfect guy. No. You have to find somebody else. Look at what the Cowboys did with Dak Prescott. And you said, all right, we don't really draft quarterbacks, but this guy, we feel, we found a guy that we think could be good. And the worst, he's a really model citizen, and he's going to be great on our bench, and then we'll move on. I'm not going to be real loud around that guy behind Tony and all yeah. that. You have to be able to do that. So that part of it, the, the, the snag in all of this that I feel has come where a lot of people might be meaner to him in the press, where I feel like a lot of people are standoffish and being too aggressive against Arthur Smith. Okay is who Arthur Smith's family is. And I'm not holding this against Arthur Smith. Oh, the FedEx clan. But his dad was a founder of FedEx. Yeah. And whenever you hear them talk about Arthur Smith versus some other coaches who would have similar problems and not use their their drafted players and not use guys and continue to lose and blow and not be able to beat the Carolina Panthers, you know, you'd probably be a little bit more than, I think he's a really good coach. They should probably fire him. But I think he's a really good coach. (laughs) He's a nice guy. And I think Arthur Smith could be a good coach. We've seen him. He has ability. He falls into the coaching for me, where if you're not willing to evolve with the game and you're not willing to evolve as a coach, this is what happened with Sark, where we saw Sark in between years one and two, you went, man, you need, you need to change some. And he changed some. And he said, well, you still got to get better. We, you know, we would talk about on Ball Don't Lie. Hey, I mean, look, these are clear flaws you have. Yeah. You have to fix those. And going into year three now, he's starting to get better and better at those. And the team is not blowing leads in the fourth quarter. And you're starting to change those things. With Arthur Smith, we're not seeing any changes. Right, it's the same product every year. We see him go, well, I need another running back. And they give him the best running back in the draft and probably one of the best five running backs in the NFL today. Easily. And he goes, I'm going to use Algiers. In the red zone. In the red zone. Because this is what I want. And and B. John Robinson keeps trying to evade tackles. I want him to hit guys head on and go through them. That's not how we run the football here in Atlanta. Yeah. And if you say that to me, go, cool, you're fired. I, I don't have time. To wait for coaches who don't want, who only need these. If you, if you man, if you give me everyone's a ninety nine on Madden, I'll win. Yeah, yeah, everyone will. So, how much of his run game in Tennessee was? Oh, what a great run game coordinator! Or 
Derrick Henry's otherworldly. No, no, because this is the reality of it is if you have the guy, then he is elite as a coach. He goes with this system and these players, he can be a great coach. But you can't always get those players. Right. And so I think he's I mean, we saw Derrick Henry not be the same without him. So clearly there's something to it. I don't think Derrick Henry's wheels completely fell off. Sure. I mean, part of it is that, but coaching the O line, getting everybody in the right places, he he can do something. But for me, the the hot seat for Arthur Smith seems very justly deserved at this point. Uh, uh, Arthur Blank, the owner, has said, "We're well, let's wait till the end of the year. We're going to wait to see how the season plays out." But it feels like these next three weeks are going to be interesting for Atlanta uh, in the fact that you feel like this is coaching for his job now. And does he try to overuse Kyle Pitts and B. John Robinson in these last few weeks to he appease? Should. Or does he put his feet in the ground and say, no, this is what we're doing? Does he switch quarterbacks six more times <laughs> to not make a decision because he feels that and then he's going to walk away and say, well, if I had a quarterback, I'm with half the league. Yeah, no, Browns are winning. And that leash is getting real. I put Browns number five in my pet. They, they have Joe Flacco. They do have Joe Flacco. A Joe Flacco that wasn't in the league. You could have signed him, man. Man, yeah, it's not looking great for him, and the, it's got to be getting hot around his seat because they're in a very winnable division. The division winner exactly. last year had no, a I, below 500 record. I think everybody, everybody is worried about in the NFC South. Dennis Allen's worried. Yeah. Uh, uh, Todd Bowles is worried. <laughs> uh, 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 Carolina's coach already got fired. Frank Reich. Frank Reich already got fired. Every one of them. Yeah, but Frank. Because this was, this was the year. This is the, there's no one in front of you. Nobody. Guys, we're all at the starting line. Let's fire up the engines. And they all stalled. No one can separate. <laughs> They're all pushing their cars. Well, and to be fair, for the Carolina situation, Frank Reich didn't want to be there when the year started. Was, no, I know. He, and he was his first year as a coach, too, which is a bad sign. When you go to press conferences saying, like, I called to play for Adam Thielen, they're like, well, why didn't it go to him? And he goes, well, Adam Thielen wasn't on the field. I'm like, oh, Frank. <laughs> Frank. Frank. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that is something to keep an eye on as we go on. Does Bijan get some reps now because Arthur Smith, does he at the end of the year try to appease the higher powers and the fans, or does he drag his feet in and Bijan sees less touches? And it is Algiers all the way to the bank for the next couple couple games. It's going to be interesting to see. And they're not even out of it. You know what needs to happen, right? What's that? Nick Foles. Bring Nick Foles to Atlanta. I'm pretty sure Nick Foles is retired. Well, he can unretire. We've seen it before. (laughs) Bring Nick Foles to Atlanta so he can have that miracle run again. And that way he's the backup that has two Super Bowls. Okay. I'm going to counter that. <laughs> no, that was ridiculous. I'm going to bring don't... that, counter that, <laughs> okay. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, bring him back. Dang it. Texas, Texas quarterback, Texas running back. You're totally going to win the text line with that. Come on, bring Nick, him back. Nick Foles went to Westlake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, bring out Colt McCoy. Yeah. Get a real quarterback in there. You get win that division, win the last three games, win the division. Good to go. Sadly, I don't think Cole McCoy would be the worst answer there either. I really don't. If, if you had another coach, <laughs> I don't want to do that to poor Colt. I think Colt's very happy doing what he's doing, his analyst work. I think he is too. I think, you know, he's like, I don't want to get hit that many more times. He's like, wait a minute. This was a nice year. I actually woke up, no pain. All right, Vince Young. <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing that trophy back to Atlanta, baby. <laughs> Uh, Tommy DeVito, let's talk about this before we take a last break. Tommy DeVito, we talked about the story yesterday that he was, uh, uh, there was a pizza place, a pizzeria in New Jersey what that was, uh, was sp- supposed to have, uh, is it Colangelo's? 
Ooh, I'll look it up. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh, but he was uh, basically he was supposed to do this appearance. It was, it was signing. They were showing, hey, man, our Jersey Italian boy is doing well. And uh, we, we hired him to do it. Then the report came out that he has doubled his fee from $10,000 to $20,000. So they had to cancel the appearance. They could not afford him anymore. They put that out. The story got picked up. All of a sudden, it became news. It was on ESPN's front page. Not what you want if you're an agent or a player to be ESPN front page. You have a big ego as a backup quarterback on a losing team in New York. Snubbed a pizzeria in New York. Yeah, and the whole fun story of Tommy DeVito and everybody, everyone across the way is like, yeah, screw you. Go go to the pizzeria. <laughs> so Tommy DeVito ends up doing it for free at the end of the day because he knew the press was going to be bad. And he knew he could get really good press by going and making up with the pizzeria and uh, coming out and saying hey to the fans and and. So- you're telling me his Hall of Fame agent cost him ten grand. His Hall of Fame agent cost him ten grand. Oh, he did get him in the front page of the paper, though. What's worth more? I, it's worth more than ten grand. Well, I don't know. Papers are pretty cheap now. I don't Any know. Any press is good press, baby. I mean, front page of ESPN <laughs> is probably more impressive than front page of the newspaper now. Yeah, but it's New York. I guess your front page of the New York paper. It's pretty good. You think they still? You think the paper's still a big deal? I know they have those headlines. I can't remember what they're called, but they the the ones that you always look forward to, the ones where when someone screws up, they make fun of them and they make a pun. Oh no, those ones I don't I don't know what they're called. I'm I'm a Texas guy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about New York stuff very you much. You don't know New York culture. I'm not I'm not New York culture. <laughs> Surprisingly, I'm not. Uh, but we did. Our man Chief Engineer called it yesterday. He was like, "I told you he's going to show up now because once that press and I agree. Once you once you made it to the front page of like CBS Sports and ESPN and everywhere else, you're like, oh hey, it's like, it's like dude, just go hang out at the pizzeria for a couple hours, man. Just, go shake some hands and kiss some babies, man. Yeah, go make good. Don't this. It, you have to remind people: do not shake babies and kiss hands. There you go. That's backwards. That's a bad thing. <laughs> but Tommy, man, right now this city loves you, and you just took a bad loss. Let's go to the let's go to the pizzeria. Let's go to the pizzeria. You, you got to still got to you still got to play uh, <laughs> Philadelphia, who's going to be madder and madder because <laughs> they can't figure out what they're doing. Not on either of our power rankings. Now, if you beat Philadelphia, snub every pizzeria in town. <laughs> uh, a couple other quick stories to hit. Uh, UT women's basketball does play tonight. Uh, they're taking on uh, UT Rio Grande Valley. I don't have too much to say about this game. They're going to dominate. Texas is number five in the country. They're eleven and zero. UT Rio Grande Valley, it's zero and nine. Oh, so this may not be, but this is part of Texas trying to go down and get people excited about this and get people to come out to these games. So they are travel. They travel down to Rio Grande Valley. Normally, this is one where everybody comes to us. They went down there to try and get the show down there and get some UT fans down in the valley. Get some juice in the arena. And yeah, and, and those fans, you know, even though it's UT Rio Grande, they'll be like, "Oh, we're rooting for Texas now" because those yeah. kids came down and they they signed autographs and they hung out. So uh, a cool thing that you Texas does, it's a smart thing they do to to expand the brand to the south of Texas, right? No, uh, but they'll be playing tonight against UT Rio Grande Valley. And uh, one more quick note: Did you know FSU is still mad? Are they? They are now uh, contemplating how they can get out of the ACC. I wouldn't call that mad. I'd, I'd call that they've moved into acceptance. No, no, I, this is, but they, they seem to me, FSU is now the one because we saw Mike Norvell came out the other day and gave the, we're still not over it and it's still emotional. I'm like, of course it, it's going to suck. I'm still working through the, the, the disappointment of being snubbed. <laughs> but the, the funny part is the stories that keep coming out seem like, you know, when you're at a party and someone gets like made fun of and then two hours later they're like, I mean, it was just like, I mean, I know I wore this shirt the other day, but I mean, like I did laundry in between. So and you're like, we we get it, dude. We have all moved on. 
Bowl games have started. We have moved on. Yeah, We're looking forward to you losing to Georgia. All of us are looking forward to it now. <laughs> y'all promise it wasn't that bad? No? No. Look, I get it. I was eating queso. I spilled some queso, and then I licked it up off my shirt. It's not a big deal. You can't even really see it anymore. <laughs> I get it. I failed fifth grade twice. I know. <laughs> Uh, you all graduated a year earlier than me, but we're the same age. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it just seems they just the person that cannot get over anything. That is for, and I'm curious because I feel like this is going to be look. And I get Texas had the revenge tour last year. I feel Florida State is going to come out and take it out next season. Number four or five recruiting class that they I did, saw. and I think they are going to. There is some whoever is non-conference like nobody's on their schedule. The tune-up games? The tune-up oh, games man. and those ACC games against teams that aren't any good in the ACC. Whew, whew, boy, you're going to – like, that's one of those ones that they're going to be doing dances up 100 to 2. And you'll be like, like, how are they still – and they're just like, oh, no, we're onside kicking. We are, we're calling timeouts when you kneel the ball to just get out of the game. Two-point conversions only. <laughs> it is – I feel like they're going to go after some people next year. Yeah, sorry, they're Dabo. They're not happy about it. Well, yeah, but they're going after Dabo. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going after Dabo. Everybody is, yeah. The ACC was cool when you were doing it. Now we suck. <laughs> when they were doing it the right way. The right way, <laughs> of course. The Dabo Sweeney right way, the Nebraska volleyball coach's right way. <laughs> That's Dabo's solution. I think we should hand out tidy whities to all teams. tidy whities <laughs> Look, if you, if you have never slept in bed with your mother, you don't know how to do it. <laughs> That's a Dabo. I'm, I'm making that story about Dabo. Uh, the real thing, well, he was he was poor and did not know couches exist. Was apparently what it was. Dude, I would I think I would have taken the floor. Yeah, all of us would have. Th- all of us <laughs> would be like, yeah, okay. There's a couch down the street. I'm gonna go put that in the room. We can sleep in the same room, and that's still kind of weird. But I get it. We don't have to share the bed. Yeah, you don't have to do that one. Was it a posturepedic or something? <laughs> <laughs> You have separators. Yeah. Do they do they put like the pillow divider in between them? <laughs> Good old Dabo. All right, we gotta take a break. We're gonna come back and wrap things up here on the sports complex, the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app and The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol. The cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon. Appreciate everybody playing along with us. I love that bumper so much. That's so good. It gets me every time. Every time. Uh, Does FSU blame Alabama or Texas more for getting snubbed? Ask the Texer. I I think they blame the college football committee. I think they think they they should be ahead of both of them. Right. They think they it's they they're okay with the two other division uh, or conference champion undefeateds being ahead of them. Yep. But they probably think they're better than Washington too. Yeah, but I don't think they directly blame Alabama or Texas. They didn't make the decision. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they they don't like it that we're in, right. but they don't. Yeah, I think they blame more the committee. They're to, saying they should replace you. Yes. But. Yeah, I don't. And if you're asking who do they think should get knocked out, I would assume they want both of them knocked out. They think there should be a three team. You have to be undefeated. And Florida State gets the buy at the three. But I don't. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't think they really care that much uh, about who's in. I'm sure they have differing opinions. I don't know if there's a consistent FSU opinion. I think FSU fans that are 
in the Texas area would say FSU in Texas. I think FSU uh, that like Alabama would say FSU in Alabama. Oh, yeah. I think there's some in Georgia that would say FSU in Georgia. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, you think Georgia's a little pissed? I think that's why we want to see that matchup. That's why everybody <laughs> wants to see that matchup. Uh, <laughs> uh, the New York Post is what I was thinking about. The New York Post. Uh, I don't want to see that matchup. I want to see the post-game press conference. Yes, the post-game press conference. And whoever said get Cam on the Falcons, he's from Atlanta, getting the chance to back up the smack. He's been talking about QBs. No, we're no. trying to help the Falcons. No, we do not. We do not let people who say dumb things get what they want. Yes, we do. We do it all the time. <laughs> all the time. All right, we'll sign him. We'll put him on there. No, I... <laughs> No, no, it's, I get it. He wants to go back and play. He, we do not need him around Bijan. No, Bijan be a nice boy. No. Bijan's a nice boy. <laughs> Don't put him around Cam. Bijan's gonna be coming out next offseason. I think these quarterbacks are mediocre. I just gotta be straight up. <laughs> I think they're game managers. Game managers. <laughs> game managers are gonna win an MVP. Uh, we gotta take. We gotta take off. We'll be back tomorrow. Break down more. If we get any more signing news, maybe another transfer. Who knows what's coming tomorrow? We'll get into all that. Start getting ready for Thursday Night Football and the weekend and more ball games. All that coming up tomorrow on the Sports Complex. But until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here tomorrow, 4 p.m. on the Sports Complex.